goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ditto heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Friday edition of Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour. If you would like to be on the program with us today, 800-848-WABC is the number to reach us. 800-848-9222. And we will try to get as many calls as possible today. We'll kind of treat it like an Open Line Friday show. Those of you Rush fans know what Open Line Friday was all about. So we'll do as many calls as possible because there's so much going on And so much that you don't really need anybody to tell you about because you either watched it, you participated, you know it. For instance, last night's debate between the two governors, the governor's debate between, uh, uh, what's his name? Yeah, Newsom, Gavin Newsom. And, of course, the governor of the successful state of Florida and the free state of Florida, Ron DeSantis. And there has been plenty written about that. Today, of course, New Yorkers have lost a congressman. This has not happened. This rarely happens. The last time a congressman was elected without having, I mean, was expelled from Congress was James Traficant from Ohio. And many of you remember James Traficant. He used to, and he used to give great floor speeches. And he would always end his speeches with something like, Beam me up, Scotty, or whatever. And so James Trafficant, after being found guilty of the offenses he was found guilty of, was expelled. Well, today, George Santos from Long Island was expelled. This will require a special election. This has not happened very often, I believe, in history, in the United States history. There have been six congressmen that have been expelled. I'll have to double-check that number. The DeSantis... And Newsom debate, I said, you don't need, if you watched it, you don't need somebody to tell you how to make up your mind because you saw it. But I do want to find in my uh, large selection of coverage today of news stories, an article that was written by Noah Berman and Tyra Luna in which appears in the Los Angeles Times. And again, I remind you that I spend considerable amount of money subscribing to these various newspapers around the country so that I can read what's in them and so that you, my friends, don't have to. You can keep up with what's in these liberal sheets without having to get behind their paywall. I do it for you. 
And in, oh, by the way, more history too, and this is older history. Uh, the first woman appointed to the, that was nominated and successfully voted by the Senate, confirmed by the Senate as a justice on the United States Supreme Court, associate justice as they call themselves. But anyway, Sandra Day O'Connor has passed. Of course, that information came out earlier today. And in other big news, I mean, there are big stories. The attacks on Donald Trump, the legal attacks continue. An appeals court, an appellate court, three-judge panel has ruled that Donald Trump does have to face civil suits. He does not have immunity from civil suits over the January 6th activity in Washington. Now, I expect that that is going to be appealed. First, Donald Trump's lawyer should ask to hear from the full circuit, not just this three-judge panel. And if they don't rule in his favor, this potentially could head up to the Supreme Court. But this is a disturbing ruling, in many ways has to be, for the former president of the United States. Okay, to this story from the Los Angeles Times, and I'm going to do this to make a point. The Los Angeles Times has a story, four takeaways from the Newsom-DeSantis debate on Fox News. Newsom-DeSantis turned their feud over blue and red state policies, personal clashing for more than 90 minutes over crime, taxes, COVID-19 pandemic policies, immigration, book bans, and other divisive issues in an unorthodox debate that both men hoped would propel their national ambitions. Now, I want you to pay attention to this paragraph because this paragraph tells so much about America's political and media landscape. Newsom, says the L.A. Times, was on the defensive for much of the debate as Hannity, hosted by Sean Hannity, focused on taxes, crime, late-term abortions, California's high gas prices, and other topics on which conservatives believe they have the upper hand politically. Now, let's just examine that for a minute. Newsom was on the defensive, says the L.A. Times, because the the moderator of the debate, Sean Hannity, focused on taxes. Do we not all pay taxes? Why would a moderator focusing on taxes put a Democrat governor on the defensive? Crime. We are all aware of the crime stories that are a part of the fabric of today's society. From the DA prosecutors, the the, the Soros DA that are Soros-funded DAs that are letting criminals walk to these criminal reforms that have allowed criminals to form organized crime rings around shoplifting. These, 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 these videos, these horrendous videos we've seen of the smash-and-grab robberies that are taking place all over the country, 
and in California, late-term abortions. Now, usually, abortions are said to be something that Democrats want to talk about. But Sean Hannity brought up last night late-term abortions. And that apparently has the governor on the quote-unquote defensive. He's on the defensive because Hannity focused on taxes, crime, late-term abortions, California's high gas prices, and other topics. What does this tell you, ladies and gentlemen, about the way that debates are normally conducted? One of the complaints that I have said, and I've been talking about this, is that there should be no Republican involvement at all in the the, uh, the the debates that are put on by the presidential commission because of their choice of moderators. You always get stuck with these left-wing moderators, and what you don't have is somebody that represents the talk radio audience, that represents the political right, and I make an exception for that for saying occasionally they will let someone like Hugh Hewitt on who will get a question in but certainly will not dominate a debate the same way that Chris Wallace has dominated debates. Story the other day, Chris Wallace took up 25% of the speaking time in the last presidential debate he he was in charge of. The moderator took 25% of the speaking time. So what happens when you actually have a debate with a liberal and you have a moderator that is not a leftist. For a change, liberals are then asked to answer questions on their track records, on their track records of taxes, crime, late-term abortions, the high price of energy. And all of a sudden, as the L.A. Times says, Newsom was on the defensive. You don't find You don't find liberal politicians on the defensive in debates because their liberal moderators put Republicans on the defensive by echoing Democrat Party talking points. And this is why it is so very important, so extremely important to have a balanced slate of moderators so that both and i believe that there should be by the way there should be some uncomfortableness on the part of any debater if the the moderators are doing good jobs they need to ask tough questions but the only ones in most of the debates that americans have seen on national level the only ones that get tough questions are republicans The Democrats never get tough questions. And so last night demonstrated what happens when you actually have a moderator that is doing his job, that is focusing on the issues that half the country wants focused on at least, and is asking the right questions. What happens? All of a sudden, you have a liberal trying to defend their record. So the L.A. Times unwittingly, with their coverage, has exposed just how biased these debates have been up till now. And the other reason that you know 
that DeSantis did well is there's this, is, is the story that is also circulating that now members of uh, DeSantis' crew are saying that the deb- debates were rigged. They were rigged. It was rigged between Fox and, and Hannity and DeSantis. It's a rig- they are debate deniers. They're denying the results of what actually happened. It's stunning, ladies and gentlemen. It is stunning to see how this is all transpiring. One of the lines that, uh, that was delivered at, on social media was that California is a warning to the rest of America. It's not, it's not what America used to aspire to be. You know, there was that old, Dem- Democrats and liberals always had this, California is a leader. They tell us where the country is going and where it needs to go. Well, last night, that kind of turned on them. No, California is a warning of what is in store for the rest of the nation, especially. And one of the things that I loved, apparently, is the attention on the homelessness. Governor Newsom, I remember when he was elected governor of San Francisco, one of the things that he ran on was he was going to clean up the homeless population in San Francisco. And Newsom, his answers, oh, you're attacking one of the great cities of America? No, it's not a great city anymore because of what you liberals, including Governor DeSantis, did to it. It is no longer one of the great cities in America. It is a place where people have trepidation and fear and where there are maps of where you have to avoid the feces on the street, the closing stores because of the criminals. So for a change, a liberal was called out on all of these things. And that was pretty remarkable. James James Golden Bo Snurdy with you here as we check in, you know, today's birthdays, and there are a bunch of them, including this one. He was an artist with Philadelphia International label. Now, this one came out in the 1970s, 1972. Went all the way to number one. Birthday today for Billy Paul here on WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. And we've got a thing going on. Keep it right here, 800-848-WABC. We will try to get to as many calls as possible today. Again, trying to do our version of Open Line Friday. We have to call it something else. But we'll just try to get you your opinions. Your opinion on Santos. Your opinion on, if you care to, on the passing of Supreme Court Justice, former Supreme Court Justice Sandra Day O'Connor. George Santos being kicked out of Congress. The newsome DeSantis debate. And anything else on your mind. 800-848-WABC. is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
In 1957, December 1st had to be on a Sunday. You know why I know that? Because Buddy Holland and the Crickets appeared on the Ed Sullivan Show on this day in 1957. They performed this one. That'll be the day they also performed Peggy Sue. And you know who else was on the Ed Sullivan Show that night? None other than Sam Cooke. Sam Cooke gave the audience this one. Buddy Holly, Sam Cooke on the same show. That is a heck of a lineup. WABC Talk Radio 77. You know what? I promised to get to the phones, and we are going to do it. We're going to do it, and then I can get to some of these other news stories because people want to comment on, let's see, Santos. and Let's start there. Let's start with Betty in New Jersey. Betty, welcome. You're on Boston Early's Rush Hour. It's Friday. What is on your mind today? Well, um, the the whole thing with DeSantis, I don't get it. So they, they get rid of him. But yet they do nothing to Menendez, to the mayor of New York, and to the president of the United States, who are all corrupt and who have done all these illegal things. Yet this guy, you know, for lying or for taking funds, um, he gets ousted and nobody else does. I, I, that to me is just plain, uh, two, as you always say, the two judicial systems, two, du- two different justice systems, one for Republicans no. and one for Democrats. Now, a lot of Republicans joined in the vote to get rid of George Santos. It was a 300 and some odd margin to only 100 that voted not to expel him. Now, I have the same impression of this that you do. If you're going to, and the reason cited, well, you know, George Santos is a serial liar. George Santos is up on criminals. He has been accused of criminal charges. George Santos like every other American, former Congressman George Santos, has the presumption of innocence until he is convicted. That is the way our legal system works. And if you are going to get rid of congressmen, and this is, again, their own inner body. Congress can't kick out someone from the Senate. The Senate has to kick out somebody. And indeed, today, you um, you mentioned Menendez. And Senator uh, Fetterman from Pennsylvania is calling for Robert Menendez to be expelled from the Senate. He says that uh, the actions of Senator Menendez are much more harmful, have been much more sinister, was the word he used, much more sinister than those of Congressman George Santos. But if we're going to start expelling liars, serial liars out of the House of Representatives, based on an investigation that, by the way, got started with New York Congressman Dan Goldman. Where do we go from here? Has the Congress ever, ever taken the time to fully vet the allegations that were against the Congresswoman from Minnesota, Ilhan Omar? It has been reported, and I do not report this as fact. 
it has been stated that she violated her terms of immigration into the U.S., that there was an arranged marriage with her brother. Now, I don't know that to be true or not. We Guess what we have never had? We have never had the government investigate the allegations against her. We have never had a congressional investigation that fully explored all of the, how shall we say, myth-truths that were spoken by Adam Schiff in California, yet he's running for Senate. You could go on and on in the Congress. Eric Swalwell, who it is alleged, and we all know pretty much it was the case, slept with an agent from a foreign country. And what was that about? If you go on to the Senate side and you want serial liars, all you have to do is look at the senator from Connecticut, Blumenthal, who lied about his service to the country, yet he's still sitting in the, in, in the Senate. So as you say, there's plenty, Betty, there's plenty to go around. This is a two-tier system, but it is also a two-tier system inside a two-tier system. Congress can expel anybody they want to. Those are their rules. But if you're telling me that, that George Santos presented the worst threat to Congress on charges that have not yet found their way into court, his trial, by the way, is slated for September 24, 2024, which brings up an interesting point. They rushed to get Donald Trump into court during the election year, but yet for this congressman, oh, they can push out a trial till next year. No problem. But nothing has been investigated on the accusations that many members of the Democrat Party have stood up and told bald-faced lies, not only to the American people, but in front of their committees. They're not being accused of anything by the club of congressmen and women. But, oh, George Santos, no, he had to go because he's a serial liar. I have said it before, if we were going to rid Washington, D.C. of politicians who tell lies on a regular reoccurring basis, the town would look like a ghost town. Thank you so much for the call. Is it Joaquin in Pennsylvania? Am I pronouncing your name right? Yes, you are, Mr. Snurley. Honored to speak with you. I'm going to say something. I am so disgusted with Republicans. I've always voted Republican. I'm MAGA. I'm pro-Donald Trump. And I'm going to say something right now. I would take a George Santos over any of these turncoat, spineless Republicans that voted to oust him. That man, when I heard him speak, he sounded like a fighter. And we're fighting, I'm sorry, the Democrat Party right now is all Marxist globalists that are out to destroy this country. And we have no spine to stand up. That man has not been convicted of a crime. And as you so astutely pointed out, there are so many liars who have embellished their resumes. We have an embellisher in chief in the office. How about Hillary Clinton running from the helicopter under sniper fire? Oh, yeah. How about the fact that Hillary Clinton, we still don't know what happened to with her classif- her misuse of classified documents. The full investigation on that has never been really done. We don't know. And she wiped. She wiped her servers. What, you mean with a towel? That's what she said. You mean with a dish rag? No, 
Hillary Clinton, you wiped your towels up. You you up you you destroyed evidence of your own criminality. Yet she was able to go and walk Scott. And she's out. She's still out running her mouth. If we were going to go after everybody that has been accused of any level of wrongdoing in Washington D.C., it would be a full time job for Congress. That's all they'd be doing. But no, George Santos, to them, was the epitome of evil, so he had to go. Joaquin, you absolutely have this nailed down right. 800-848-WABC. You know what I don't see people wanting to talk about right now? I could be wrong because maybe people are just trying to get through. I'd love to know what you thought, those of you who watched the Newsom DeSantis. Yeah, the the debate. I'll be nice and just call it a debate on Fox last night. Love to know your thoughts on that. 800-848-WABC. 1973. Boy, this sure does sound countryer than I thought. This is... Yeah, well, okay, now we get into the song. It's not as country here, but... In 1973, The Carpenters. And those of you that have heard me talk about Karen Carpenter know how much I think Karen Carpenter has one of the most beautiful voices in American music history. They were at number one. This was the single release after... They went number one with their big hit, Close to You. This one was the release right after that, and it too went to number one. The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. On this day in 1951, a musician that would change the course of music not only in America, but around the world, was born. His name, Jaco Pastorius. Regarded as perhaps, I mean, there are a lot of bass players out here that have amazing reputations and that are always, you know, they're in a class by themselves. You talk about guys like, in the jazz sides, like Ron Carter, Charles Mingus, and I'm Richard Chambers, I'm leaving out so many. But then came Jocko. Jocko not only lit it up for the jazz scene, he lit it up for the rock and roll scene, for R&B, for every kind of music that there is. People heard this guy from Florida, mostly self-taught. They heard him play, and they had never heard a bass player. In fact, I remember reading Sting talking about how he how he listened to Jocko, and Jocko blew his mind so hard because he had never heard anybody do with the bass the things that Jocko was able to do with the bass. 
1976, this one broke into the mainstream from Weather Report. Jaco Pastorius on base with Joe Zawinu, Wayne Shorter, and the West of Weather Report. He's worked with so many artists, including Joni Mitchell, Pat Metheny, so many others. Died at the tender age of 35. But will always be remembered in music, the one, the only, Jaco Pastorius. We have a call on the debates I want to get to. J.W. in Westchester. You're up next on Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. It is our Friday edition. How are you, J.W.? Hey, uh, Bo, can you hear me? I hear you just fine, my friend. Yeah, hey, so I listen to your show as much as I can. I uh, just got three quick points about last night's uh, debate, if you will. Uh, number one is that um, Nakey, Nakey Newsom was he talked over <laughs> DeSantis for so much of the debate. It was really annoying. Number two is that I thought that Sean Hannity, and maybe it's a calculated risk, he was very deferential to Newsom. Um, he let him get away with a lot. He was very forgiving. Um, and number three, I think on the debates, uh, you know, the moderator should have a kill mic. So there you go. Now I think that the debate. I think I, first of all, thank you for for you for weighing in on this. I I disagree with you on the kill mic. I don't think that the moderators of a debate should be able to shut up the debate ad- attendees by censoring them or saying, "Okay, enough." If they violate the rules, if they want to stay out, let the audience decide. That is part of the character that they're looking at. What kind of a person is this on stage debating? So I don't think the moderator ought to take that role and decide when to shut off people's mic or not. I think that would be egregious in a debate. As for uh, Sean being forgiven, let me just say this. After all of the nonsense that you've heard about Fox News, whether it's the old Fox News or the new, new Fox News, the fact is liberals hate Fox News. And for DeSantis to be able to debate Newsom on Fox News, on the show of, of, of Sean Hannity, now, they're crying foul today because every there, there's a lot of press that, hey, you know what, DeSantis got the better of, of Gavin Newsom. That story's out there. But for him to even come on, of course, you know, Sean had, had done an interview with him prior. So I will give him a little bit of props for even going on, but apparently he did not defend himself very well. And again, that story in the L.A. Times today is very telling about how Newsom was on the defensive. Yes, on the defensive, because for a change, a Democrat had to ask questions. And you didn't get the usual questions, like the, like, like the, uh, like the ABC question to Mitt Romney. Well, are, would you be against birth control for women? What are you talking about? You don't get the Democrat war room guys that are pretending to be journalists asking questions. You got somebody, you know who Sean is. And you know what his ideology is. So, I mean, for him to be able to ask the questions, but we need more of that. We need that in the presidential debate. 
And unless my idea for the presidential debates, by the way, is very simple. Each side picks its moderator. That's it. You guys want um, you guys want a, you want a balanced debate? Let each side pick them the moderator of their choice, regardless of who that moderator is. And there you will have a good debate. Limit it to two moderators, and both moderate you both you have to answer questions from the moderators, and each side gets to pick their own moderator. Never mind this whole we're just going to pick a bunch of liberal moderators and once in a while try to stick in some conservative to see whether we can give him two or her two or three minutes. Natalie in Long Island, thank you for waiting. It's our Friday edition here on Boats and Early's Rush Hour. How are you, Natalie? Hi, Bo. I'm really good. How are you? It's so nice to talk to you. Thank you. Good I to have, speak with you, too. I have a suggestion for George Santos. I, I believe me, I don't like lying. I hate it. But I think he needs to get a hold of a copy of the Harper Valley PTA song and play it in front of Congress. Do you remember that song? I do. <laughs> Where she's being uh, brought in front of the PTA for wearing her, sh- her skirts too short. And then she goes into a whole rendition about you there, you've been seen getting out of so-and-so's car and he's not your husband and you've been doing this with that one. And I think that's what he needs to do because if anybody was going to be expelled from Congress for lying, every single one of them would need to have to get up and leave. I'm telling you, exactly. Washington, D.C. would be look like a ghost town. Eric Swalwell should be made to answer all the questions about how the relationship with he and Fang Fang came about and exactly what were you doing with Fang Fang? Adam Schiff should be made to answer for every single lie he told while heading the committee with his anti-Trump drivel. The same for that January 6th committee. All of them need to come up there and ask what they did not show the American people. We could put every single member of Congress on trial for serial lying, and there were very few who would be found not guilty. There are a few. There are a few good eggs there. But there are so many. Let's get the true story of Ilhan Omar and how she arrived in America. And also, let's ask AOC about her campaign finances. If you go into AOC's and, and, and campaign finances, well, that just opens up a whole different line of inquiry because you can start with Representative Maxine Waters and how her family has been enriched and continues to be enriched every time she runs for office. You could also ask Cori Bush the same questions about how her boyfriend, husband, whatever he is, manages to shift from job to job, but always making largesse at the, at the, at the behest of the taxpayers of America. So you raise an absolutely valid point. Judy, one of my favorite names, Judy in New Jersey. How are Hi, you doing, James. Judy? How are you? Good. Uh, I have a question. On Wednesday night, right before the end of the show, you said something about people are going to be getting a $900 uh, Social Security check. I heard you say that, and so did a friend of mine. Could you uh, tell me what, what uh, more detail on that, please? I read that story. You know what? I'm, I'm turning away from the microphone because I keep stacks and stacks of stories. I'm flipping through them real quick to see if I can find that story while I'm speaking with you. I don't know whether I'll be able to or not, but I shall certainly find it. I read a story, and I was like, what? 
a nine hundred dollar check from Social Security, and that's what I was referring to. So I tell you what, we're gonna do. Sorry, sorry for all that noise. We're gonna look for the story during the break because I'm sure plenty of people want to know what you say. I'm getting money. I got some dough coming to me for the holiday season. Oh, I need to learn about that. Well, yes, indeed you do. And I want to help you. So I'm going to try to find the story. I was a bit confused the first time I'm running. I'm like, is this real? You're going to get $900. going to get yourself a nice, that's a nice little present. So we'll try to track down that story, the $900, the $900 in Social Security funds. And as soon as I find it, I'll get back to you with it. Thank you, Judy. I do appreciate the call. Let's go to Suffolk County and Robert. You're on our Friday edition, Boston Early's Rush Hour here on WABC. What's up, Robert? Thanks, James. Uh, an update on white lung virus. Scans of the lungs of victims have glass-like fibrous structures. The lungs lose their elasticity. That means that whoever is afflicted with this virus is going to suffocate and die. Now, not everybody is dying from the virus, so let's not scare people to death, okay? But there are some warning signs with this. Number one, I reported yesterday, there was a story in the Daily Mail that one a county in Ohio had, an, it, the number I believe was 142, forgive me if that is not the right number, but it was somewhere that was a number like, this is amazing, and it was afflicting children, and children were coming down with this. Now, some of your co- representatives in Congress who are not too busy trying to excoriate George Santos have suggested to Joe Biden that he shut down travel to China, much like, uh, much like travel was shut down during the pandemic. Now, that presents a problem for Joe Biden. <laughs> I mean, after all, can you imagine him telling Xi Jinping, "Hey, Xi Jinping, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna stop. We're gonna do another one of these deals." Aha. Uh-huh. You know who came to the rescue? Princess Di just came to the rescue. She just texted it to me. Okay. Let's see. Here is the story, and Princess Di found it for me. Thank you, Princess Di. Social Security direct SSI payment worth over $900 to arrive in three days. Ah, If you're a beneficiary of supplemental Social Security income, Look out for another check to arrive in three days. On what? Oh, this was from April. There's another one of these deals that's coming from Crip for Christmas. That's the one I read. So we, we'll get on, we'll get, we'll get a handle on this thing, but they're supposedly sending some Christmas loot to you. I read it the other day. We'll find it. Time to check in, speaking of money, with Lou Dobbs here on WABC Talk Radio 77 and more of your calls. WABC Talk Radio 77. With a little while from now, Birthday today for the great Irish songwriter Gilbert O'Sullivan. Climbing 
You remember when this was out. Hey, well, you don't remember. You were too young, but trust me. This was a huge hit. Huge. Left people in tears. Birthday today, Gilbert O. Sullivan. On WABC, check in with Lou Dobbs coming back with your call. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Birthday today for The Voice, The Voice. Uh, yeah, you'll never find another love like mine. And this was back when Bud was popular. And he was doing the Bud commercials, the one, the only, Lou Rawls. Birthday today. And those of you that really know the history of Lou Rawls know that he came, his popular success was years and decades after he first emerged on the scene as a great, how shall we put it, jazz singer? Or he was, he was, Lou Rawls had just a wonderful career. But what a voice. As long as you. Okay, here's the story from the Washington Examiner. Princess Doy is issuing herself a royal pardon, by the way. Here it is, and sadly, it's not what we thought it was. Social Security update. First of December, double payments worth $914 to be sent out Friday. Now, this isn't the version of this story that I found, because the version I said did have the words Christmas present. This one doesn't. The December 1st payment will be the first of two payments sent to beneficiaries during the month of December, due to a scheduling quirk for recipients that happens multiple times in a year, but they always receive two in December because January 1st is a holiday. So you're going to get both of your payments. You're going to get two payments in December because January 1st is a holiday. And for those of you that like to get your double, to get your Social Security money on the first of the month, you're not going to get it on the first of the month. You're going to get it early. So you'll get two payments worth $914 per month. This thing is so confusing. The rate for eligible couples for monthly payments is $1,371. Essential persons, people who live with someone receiving SSI and provide them with necessary care, have a monthly payment rate of $458. It goes on and on and on. But you're going to get, here's the bottom line, you're going to get two payments in December. Don't spend it all because you're going to need something to take you through January. So that first article that I had that said it's a Christmas gift was misleading. It's not a Christmas gift. It's just you're going to get your January payment early. Oh, Don't spend it all in one place. Just leave your voice here because January is going to be a lean month because you'll have gotten two checks in December and you're going to be in a bit of trouble if you spend it all and you have nothing left in the kitty. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is the point that we usually go to rapid phones, but we have been taking phone calls throughout the day. So we're just going to take phone calls here on this Boston Early's Friday. And uh, let's go to Carmen in uh, New Jersey. Carmen, hello. You're up next. Yes, just what you just said, Bo. We usually get we got it on the first for the Social Security, SSI, today. Then because 
uh, January 1st is on a Monday. We get it the 29th, but that's your January check. Please don't go out and spend the darn money because you'll be broke and won't be able to pay your bills come January, just like you just said. So that's I guess right. Between me, we gave a great public courtesy announcement to those in need. That's right. Do not go spending that second. Don't think Santa Claus just rung your bell because he hasn't. That's all. Thank you, Carmen. I appreciate you so much. Uh, let's go to Helen in New Jersey. Helen, you are up next. Okay. I can talk now? Yes, darling, but you have to hurry up because time is running out. Okay. This is regarding January 6th. Trump yes. requested the National Guards. Pelosi denied. Why is Pelosi off the hook? We need Trump needs some help. And why don't people say it's not for Pelosi that we wouldn't have a January 6th? You know, you just said it. And if it wasn't for Pelosi, there would have been no January 6th. That is one of the best explanations of all of this that I have ever heard. If it were not for Pelosi, we would not have had a January 6th. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to hit the road here on Friday. Friday went quickly. But guess what? God willing, we're back tomorrow, 7 a.m. in the morning, and we'll be looking for you there. Have that first cup of coffee or tea with us. The gang will be here. Hopefully half Brit and Nick will be back. But anyway, regardless, I'm going to be here, God willing, at 7 a.m. in the morning for the Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Princess Di will be with us. America's small caffeinated mom will be with us. Derek Hunter usually shows up if he rolls out of bed. And, of course, you've got me. And you've got WABC News. We do an extended news segment, a news conversation on Saturdays, too. And we take your calls. There is one place to be on Saturday morning. It's with us. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your family, your loved ones. Love and gratitude for your being here with me today and allowing me to be with you. And until tomorrow, bye.